Let us join together in prayer. Gracious and loving God, bless the hearing of your word for us today. Speak to each of us, speak to all of us, and may we be both hearers and doers of your word. Amen. As Bill so wonderfully has told us, our scripture today follows parables of Jesus that we looked at last week. But this reading from our lectionary must have been important to these first century Christians, these early followers of Jesus, because all four Gospels contain this story. It must have been important to remember it, to hear it, to be reminded again and again. The story of the feeding of the 5,000, and we know that it was probably more than that because it mentions children and women were there as well. Matthew's gospel was a favorite for the early church. It was often called the disciples' handbook. It was the book they turned to to learn what it meant to be a disciple. And so when we come to a powerful miracle story, it's important for us not to just keep our eye on the miracle, on Jesus and what he's doing, but to see how we're reacting and what we're hearing and how we are involved in making that miracle happen. Matthew's gospel was written for a community aware of Jewish practices and Jewish ritual, probably around the year 90 in our common era. The gospel was written for a new community that was emerging, following God's kingdom ways as they learned them from Jesus, a way of being in the world over and against the way of the controlling and oppressive governmental powers. So today's scripture points us towards seeing and hearing God in Jesus to seeing and hearing Jesus' teachings, to hear Jesus' instructions for our lives together as disciples, to open our eyes and our minds and our hearts to a way of being compassionate leaders, a caring shepherd, a feeder of both body and soul, as Jesus is in this story. So listen for God's word for you from this scripture from Matthew chapter 14. Now when Jesus heard this, He withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place. The hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, well, we have nothing here but five loaves and and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. And then he ordered the crowd to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled, and they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men besides the women and children. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. 
I don't know about you, but I love picnics. I love the whole idea of picnics. Summer's always a great time for a picnic, isn't it? There are lazy days and walks on the beach and times to go to the park, even today, to go out and be together. Picnics. One of my favorite picnic images is not from some grand literary work or some dramatic film, but it's a Disney Disney cartoon. Disney too, but it's a Disney cartoon in which the characters head off for a day of fun outdoors that includes a picnic in the park. The vivid color, the many items of food, the dance that each character seems to be doing as they walk to the picnic area are rich in my memory even today. There's Pluto bouncing along over to the shaded area, carrying the picnic basket in his mouth, probably sloshing the contents around. And there's Goofy balancing a mile-high sandwich with the olives rolling around on the top. And Donald Duck fussing and quacking about everything that's going on. And then finally comes Mickey Mouse, bringing up the rear, assuring all that this is the most wonderful adventure ever to be had. As much as it is about those wonderful images of the various foods they bring and the characters' personalities as they take their picnic items to the site, I believe the piece that intrigues me the most about the story is the sheer joy The sheer joy that they're experiencing, the dance sort of that they're doing on their way to the summer picnic banquet. Even if the ants are quickly carrying off all the food they set down, these folks, these characters are having a grand time. So I thought of this story as I read about the sharing of food among folks who had gathered on this grassy place with Jesus. Food that was unexpected. Food that had not been brought. How joyful this surprise must have been to them. This story of Jesus and the disciples that Matthew is telling is many layers thick, much like Goofy's sandwich. It's a mile high with images and layers for the people who were hearing the story again and again and again, whether it was Matthew or Mark or Luke or John who was telling it, they got it. They got it in a deep and powerful way. There were layers of Old Testament in this brought to mind. Think about wilderness and bread, wilderness and manna. Think of images of the compassionate shepherd caring for the people and then feeding the flock. These stories are reminding us of who God is in Jesus Christ. And then Jesus makes them sit down, sit down. Remember the Psalm 23. He makes us just lie down in green pastures. Steadfast faithfulness of God. And there are layers of speaking a new beginning, a new way of being, a new creation as we listen to Jesus. Jesus is creating and forming and shaping a new image of life together for those gathered. Revealing God's active presence. And then there are layers of instruction, layers of instruction for the disciples. Bring me what you have. Feed the people. Even the least amount that you have is sufficient with God. Revealing God's concern and God's desire and our dependence on God. 
And then you heard the words of communion. Jesus took the loaves, he looked up to heaven. God was his source and he blessed them, blessed the loaves. He gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave the bread to the crowds. We hear those words of communion away to remember as a new community God's presence, God's compassion, God's faithfulness. And we know that there was enough to feed more than 5,000. I can imagine at some point there had to be a hush that went across this more than 5,000 people as they stopped and realized what was happening before them. They had to be stunned and amazed. Time stood still. This picnic begins to take on cosmic proportions as Jesus blesses the small gift of food so that scarcity becomes abundance. This moment in time changes outcomes for the group that has gathered. This picnic in time changes the way the group would think about the world from that point on. There had to be whispering and some side-jabbing going on as this miracle occurred before them. Jesus was creating this amazing moment of bringing together a large group of people, caring for them, feeding them in abundance, from scarcity to abundance, from a narrow vision that was held by the disciples of having very little to a kingdom of God's abundance. Friends, there's got to be a blessing in this for us. So many of us feel that we are totally inadequate, that we have little resources to share. But what we hear in these words as Jesus blesses and shares is that no matter how small our gift, how inadequate we think our gift might be, before God it becomes abundant and plentiful and serves many. But yet, there's another story. Another story that was being played out at about the same time. Another layer, one that is of great importance that comes from the scripture right before our text today. Do you remember at the beginning of our scripture for today, there were the words, Now when Jesus heard this, when Jesus heard this, what did he hear? What was he hearing what was the news that had come to him. Well, he heard the very tragic news of the death of his prophet, his companion in these kingdom ways, John the Baptist. John had been killed during a birthday party for King Herod. It was a devastating loss for Jesus. And so he had to pull away. He had to be alone. He had to have time to think about this, to process the loss of his friend. And I don't think Matthew placed these stories side by side just perchance. I think what Matthew was trying to show us is a collision of two kingdoms. There's Herod's story. Herod's story begins with a birthday feast, but it ends in lust and greed and murder. A banquet for the king to which all the countryside would love to come and be part of is filled not only with an abundance of food and servants and music and dancing, but also scheming and arrogance. Two stories of parties, 
side by side, one planned and treacherous, the other one a moment in time, a spontaneous gift from a deep place of love. One party was lavish, filled with rich food and entertainment, but actually it was empty and death-dealing. The other, the other a picnic in the wilderness, beginning with very little, ends in the giving of fullness and abundance of life shared, of resources shared, of people cared for, people sharing. Are we watching and listening? This is our story. You see, I believe that this story does what Augustine has said that miracles do. You see, you hear one thing, and yet you understand another from it. This story is a reminder as well as being a miracle. It reminds us of the one who truly seeks us, smiles at us when we get it, greets us with open arms no matter how far we drift, how much we doubt, and holds a song of joy for us in Jesus' heart. A dance of well-being deep in creation for each of us and for all of us. Matthew wants his readers and us today to understand and hear the good news which he has witnessed and experienced himself. That we are invited to a kingdom feast in which our host has set among us already. And not only the food that feeds our bodies but also the life-giving, sustaining ways for our souls, so that we are able to live together as beloved community. Side by side, Matthew brings these two stories for us to compare the stories and make the decision for ourselves, King Herod or King Jesus. How is our discipleship going to go? Do we join the grand palace party where life is always under negotiation? Or do we join Jesus, even in the wilderness, even when we are unsure, when we are afraid, when we doubt, when we don't feel like we are part of it, when we hunger for more, when we need more, trusting in the goodness and provision of God, finding that our our task has always been joining in the joy of creation and then sharing that joy with others. The world is desperate for our decision. Amen.